0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Embracing Chaos podcast. Today, it's my pleasure to interview my good friend from Instagram, Tabitha. Although we used to live in the same city, we've actually never met. So Instagram friends, we remain and it was such a joy to interview her. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Hey, Tabitha, how are you today?
1: Hey, I am doing as good as expected on quarantine right. day
0: <laughs> twelve thousand three hundred and fifty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting? I didn't. I never even started counting, but I probably should have because it would have made me, I don't know, at least feel a little bit better. Like, look how many days I got through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a survivor.
1: <laughs> I'm a survivor of
0: the quarantine. So, yes. guys, Tabitha is another Instagram friend. But here's the thing I used to live in the city that she lives in now, and we never connected there. We never knew each other or followed each other or anything until. Gosh, when did we, I don't even know when we started following each other. Well, you delete your Instagram and then there's that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so if I only, if I only lived back there, we could be I hanging know, out all tragedy. the time with our children after isolation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: six feet away from each other. (laughs) I
0: I really just need to like drive up to a Starbucks and just like park next to a friend and just talk to them. Would you do that if you lived by me? I did actually, yes, I would do that with you. Or we could plan our Costco trips at the
1: same time and just shop at a reasonable distance. from. Okay. All
0: you people who live by me, you know who you are. I expect some phone calls. (laughs) Costco date's coming up. Let's go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, let's hop in because I'm so excited to hear more about you. And I just want you to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Okay. Well, I am, first of all, a wife to my amazing husband who I've been married to for 12 years. Um, and we have three awesome kids. And i I'm a mom to them, obviously. That's my (laughs) primary job. I'm a stay at home mom. And I didn't always want to be a stay at home mom, but I'm glad to be in this season of life with them. Um, And I'm also a writer. And that's really how I spend most of my time. Most of your time. So, what did you do before kids? Um, I was a school counselor, actually. For the longest time, um, when my husband and I first got married, I didn't expect to be a stay-at-home mom at all like I said okay. and we actually argued a lot about it and I was a school counselor for about a couple of years before I got pregnant and and God just started doing like a work in my heart and like slowly started feeling mm. this like you know stubbornness and by the time I had my second child it was like okay I'm ready to yeah. be at home with my kids and stay at home with them and so he and that was all God. Like, my husband kind of stopped trying to convince me otherwise. <laughs> and it was really like a conviction to, like, okay, quit your job. Yeah. Come home, be with your kids. And, you know, it, it's been great ever
0: since. So I'm so glad to hear that. I love hearing the stories of how moms were once so, like, career oriented and then God just shifted and changed their hearts to where they just love being a stay-at-home mom because you can't be more opposite, (laughs) you know, unless you were a teacher or I don't know, like stuff with kids all the time. But seriously, Mm -hmm. Um, share with us a little bit about how you keep calm in the chaos of life with kids, especially quarantine, all the things.
1: Mm, That's a really great question. I feel like it changes from day to day. I think it's really basic for me. Um, and I'm sure it's basic for a lot of other people too, but it really comes down to moving my body. Like I have to do something physical, whether it's like taking a walk or going for a run. I totally Um, get that. It's just, I don't know what it is. It really changes my entire mood. Um, to the point where my husband's like, you haven't been working out. And I can tell because you seem a little stressed. Yep. <laughs> like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, and then just this year, I've actually never done this before. I, I would say that like my time with God has always been sort of like random and I've just tried to like fit it in where I could just because of where my kids are at in their ages. Um, I have a five-year-old, a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old, but this year I decided I wanted to read the Bible all the way through and I've never done that. And so That's I, awesome. yeah. And so I've, you know, downloaded a two-year plan because I needed to keep it sort of reasonable. Yes. For myself. <laughs> 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 but, so I've been doing that in the mornings when I drink my coffee and we hang out at the table and eat breakfast. And that's really grounded me. Like, it's funny. Cause I don't think I always see, like, I don't like get these immediate revelations every day where I'm like, Oh God is with me. And like, I know those things, but it's really like this long-term grounding that he's yep. doing me of like really changing how I like perceive my day and how I handle the chaos and, yep. and mainly just like knowing him and knowing who he is yes. and being able to apply that to the chaos that surrounds me. That right. it's really impacted me. Otherwise, you know, I take long, hot baths. And long hot <laughs> okay, you're a bath person.
0: Oh you yeah, are. for sure. Okay, Yes. So I really wanted to jump into some trials that you have faced that have really brought you to your knees before the Lord, because I think in our suffering is where we find a lot about the person. So I kind of wanted to, you to expand on that. Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> I think, I think the. I mean, it's funny because
1: I actually had the honor of speaking on this at for my MOPS group a couple of months ago, um, before everything got canceled, and they asked me to talk about my miscarriage with my mm-hmm. first child, and it's funny, not in a ha ha way, but just in like this unexpected, like ironic yeah. way, like I. You just don't sign up to like be the girl who has that story right. to share that with people.
0: Yep. And,
1: it, and sometimes I'm like, okay, God, like I think I'm done sharing the story about how mm. I miscarried. And God's like, no, you're not done. Yeah. Here's another opportunity for you to do it. But that, that really marked my life um, in just so many different ways. I think because it was the first time I really grieved, mm. like physically and emotionally yeah. and spiritually grieved the loss of a life up until then, I hadn't really lost anyone, you know? And so it was the first time I think it really, my marriage and Mm. just how we knew each other and how we knew how each other would navigate like Mm. a real issue in our marriage and in our life. Um, and then I really like the biggest thing was just like this stripping away of like the fear of man and like this, um, problem I had with idolizing my health Hmm. and like, and idolizing, like almost like the perfect life and things working always out the way that I want them to work out, you know? And that just really, it really changed me. And it really helped me also see that like, okay, so there's this great verse in the message version, um, in Romans 12, where, they talk about joyful ex- expectancy. Mm-hmm. And I landed on that scripture while I was grieving and it has stuck with me ever since because God just really showed me how it's ex- like having joy isn't, a mark of things going our way or yes. things working out the way that we want them to. It's really just being expectant in what God is doing in us and through us um, and knowing that he's going to carry us through. Yes, And that verse has just really transformed the way that I approach any hard circumstance that I can have joy regardless of what's going on around me, you know, not because things are lined up because but because I'm rooted in him, you know? Yep.
0: So I want to talk more about that like idea of joy and suffering. Because did you grow up in like the word of faith church or was it the miscarriage that actually brought you to this understanding?
1: You know, my mom always worked in the church. So I definitely was always in a faith community. And I would say at the time that I had my miscarriage, I was still I had re given my life to Jesus my senior year of high school. Okay. And so I had been out of high school maybe for six, seven years. So I was still, I would say I was still relatively new in my faith, um, or at least really pressing in and digging into like yeah. really grasping who God is and like what He does in my life. Um, and so I think it was the first time I really had to like grapple with pain and how mm-hmm. it works and like the problem of pain and how how do i as a believer understand pain but also really see the glory of god in yeah. our lives anyways you know
0: yeah it's so hard to get to that point because you do have to go through like you you can't just understand all of a sudden just by reading the bible and unfortunately yeah. i feel like you do have to actually walk through some difficult things in order to understand this idea of joy in your pain and in your suffering. It's hard to even grasp that concept that Christ does share in our sufferings, but if he is sovereign overall, he could have... Removed that, or not let that happen, or whatever. But when you get to that moment of seeing the sanctification that happens because of it, you would never have it any other way. Right. And so, I I know God knows that, but I think it's really, it's just really hard to understand at times, especially when you're in it. Yeah, it's always easier to look after. Yeah, you know, that's so different. true. Yeah, I th- I think that's what you know, especially
1: thinking about this virus and like what people are experiencing right now. I think. The veil is just kind of lifted. Like yep. we live in such a like tangible place that we don't always acknowledge how the supernatural or the spiritual is like integrating itself in our into our lives. But when you're in a suffering moment or a hard circumstance immediately all of those worlds kind of collide, I think. And so what people are experiencing right now is that collision and what people who have suffered or are suffering or just have had these really hard circumstances, they experience that. They they get this like like immediate perception shift of like, this is what it looks like for God to be here right now. Mm. And for me to like have hope but also grieve and know that it's okay for me to grieve. It's just, it's very tender. I feel like it's just, it's such a sacred place to be in.
0: Yeah. Have you always been reflective and understanding of like your own, um, like where your heart is, where you are with the Lord, your emotions, or have you had to like work to that? Mm, I have always been. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For sure. Um,
1: I think especially I, I sort of have a leg up because, you know, I was a counselor and our program was like super intense and we were required to like dig into every aspect of our lives for two Mm. years straight. We were just going through counseling and bringing up family issues, personal issues. Um, and so That especially put me in a place of like being really discerning of, you know, where am I and how do I feel and how am I processing this? And I know that doesn't come naturally to everyone. Yeah. Um, And that's something I have to remind myself of so that I can have empathy towards others who are struggling, but don't necessarily know how to even verbalize exactly what they're dealing with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. What mm-hmm. would you say to some women who are just really wavering in their faith or doubting God because of the pain that they are facing?
1: I would first say that it's okay yep. to be to feel that way and to be that way. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to have to feel like we have it all figured out, or that God's looking at us in frustration that we're not, you know, standing strong and um, or even doubting Him but i think that when we allow ourselves to admit we're in that place of just wavering and struggling he is able to actually come in more swift swiftly and yeah. have a conversation with us i think when we don't acknowledge it when we deny that we're struggling all of our walls are up and it's harder for god to get through but when we can say yeah this is where i'm at i'm angry I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm full of doubt. God can actually have a conversation with us about yeah. that because we at least are in denial and he can pinpoint that and say, okay, let's go.
0: Let's I think a lot of people have a hard time with that freedom. That you Mm -hmm. can find in Christ. I think a lot of people are just like, wait, I I can be my normal self before the Lord. Like, I can actually (laughs) come to him, like, angry or. So I think people view God as somebody that is just so distant. And we can forget that he is actually so close and personal. And we can come to him with anything, for anything, any questions, any doubts. And he could take it, you know, we don't have to be perfect or think we're perfect in order yeah. to come to him. And I think a lot of people believe that.
1: That's so true. And I think maybe that's why my miscarriage marked me so much is because there's a there's this transformation point of moving from what is religion to mm-hmm. what is a relationship. Yep. And I think that was the moment for me mm-hmm. of you know before it was just attending church and trying to like get all the lingo and trying yeah. to fit in and understand the culture and i was working so hard at that but then when i miscarried it was like oh I don't need any of that. Like, I just need you and you're here. And this is about me and you and how we are walking through this together. It was the relationship that sustained me, not the
0: religion, you know? And that is so freeing and so beautiful. I think too, have you seen the um, American gospel? Not yet, but I have heard of it. You need to do that because I just think that that is so interesting as it explains how we think it's Jesus plus this or Jesus plus this, like whether it's works or people or somebody like a priest that we have to, you know, have this conversation with and confess to all -hmm. these different things when really there's nothing, it's just Jesus. There's no plus. And when we understand that it's it really does take you from the religion to a very deep relationship. And I'm sorry that it had to be through something so hard, but do you think we learn this without going through hard things? Maybe more slowly. Yeah. Maybe through smaller
1: incidences and situations. But I mean, life is full of pain. Yeah. It looks different for all of us. It is just like this beautiful unraveling, I think, too. You know, I think... It's funny because I think the older we get, the more we're learning. Yeah. But then the older we get, the more Jesus is trying to unlearn us. Right. <laughs> you know, like get out of your you way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I think, and I'm grateful for it. You know, I think I don't really look back on like the things in my life and say, "Man, I I wish." something differently would have happened I think for me anyways I look back and say I know that God really does have his best in mind for me and if I truly believe that then I know that he's leading me somewhere and that at the end of the day and at the end of my life it was all not for nothing it was for good and for his good you know
0: so going back to that though, do you have to see something tangible in order to believe that? Mm. That he is working and that you can trust? I think we want to see something
1: tangible. Yeah. I think that I'm in a place where I've learned not to hold on to the tangible and to trust the and relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy though. That's no. like a daily choice, a daily yeah. choice. Mm -hmm.
0: I think I've struggled with that because there's definitely things in my life that have been extremely painful and I see how he is using it and I see what he is doing and I, and it's like, oh man, thank you, Lord, that you allowed this in my life. But then there's other things that I still haven't Mm -hmm. seen yet. I haven't, I almost haven't seen the fruits, if you will, (laughs) of these like horrible situations that I'm like, okay, I don't know why this happened it's hard to constantly trust like that. I mean, do you ever feel weary in it or do you just every morning you wake up and say, today I trust? Mm, I mean, I absolutely
1: get weary. And I think too, it's, I think I have to like constantly change my perception of like, what are the fruits? Yeah. Because I think that's where I mess it up. I think to me, the fruits are validation or approval or accomplishments or opportunities. Like there are these things that really kind of are Americanized or really based around like my productivity or my doing versus like, what is the fruit according to the kingdom of God? (laughs) You know, it reminds me of um, where I felt especially weary a couple of months ago, I got to speak at my church's women's retreat. And the nights before I had to go on, I got so sick. Like,
0: oh, of course, so, did. so sick. I know, <laughs> of, course. of course,
1: of course, I should have been prepared for it. I don't know why I wasn't. It was horrible. Like, oh. and we were in these cabins. And you know, I was an hour oh. away from home. And, and I'm like, I have this whole thing ready to go god like what is going on you know and and i knew i didn't want to give in i didn't want to give up and there was plenty of opportunity to they were so gracious to say hey you know if you can't do this then we can figure something else out but there was just something in my spirit of like i need to do this regardless of the suffering regardless of how i'm feeling i'm going to wait until tomorrow morning and we're just going to pray for a miracle to make this happen. But in that process, I was exhausted. It was, it yeah. wasn't just like a physical fight. It was an, a, you know, a spiritual battle of, yep. okay, God one, Why am I here now? Why can't right. I just enjoy this for what it is? Why do I have to feel this way? Mm-hmm. Um, and after I spoke, I just, you know, I don't know necessarily how it went still. You know, i I felt good about it. I felt like God and I had walked through something incredible together. And that's all I knew. I have Mm -hmm. no idea what the rest of the fruit was from that weekend. Mm -hmm. No idea. And, and so I look back on that and I say, and I, and I think to myself, you know, did I change any women's lives with what I said? I don't know. Did I Mm, like make an hard? I don't know. But I know that the fruit may not have looked like that accomplishment per se, but it did look like God and I doing something together and feeling closer to him than I've ever felt in a really, really long time.
0: For you, if one or two or three women came up and were like, thank you, this helped me so much. like You'd been like, all right, we did this. This is what all the suffering and the last 24 hours was for. But not having that Mm -hmm. is like a whole nother level of complete trust and surrender of you're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And it's what God has called you to do. Do not look to the left. Do not look to the right. This Mm -hmm. is what God has for you in this time. And regardless of what people say, regardless if you have anyone else telling you how great you are, whatever, it is the right thing for you in this season. And I think we've completely lost that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, I think we just have this tendency to only focus on the tangible and not the eternal. And I just shared this with someone the other day, but I just keep getting this picture of Paul and Silas in the prison cell after they've been, you know, thrown in there and the rest of us would be miserable. And, you know, Turning yeah. our faces off, asking and pleading the Lord to right. get us yeah. out of the situation. But why like, am I why here? Why <laughs> are we here? Like, we're so done with this. And who yeah. knows how long they were in prison for. The right. Bible doesn't actually say. But then they're like worshiping and praising and, you know, singing. And I just, that whole story blows my mind because they weren't focused on what was in front of them. They were focused on eternal and eternity kind of thinking yeah. because then at the result of or at the end of all of that the jail falls to pieces yeah. they the prison guard basically gives his life to Jesus and then rescues them and brings him into his home i mean what more of a testimony could you desire you know right. i just i just want to be eternally minded yep and i know that takes practice i'm not saying that's easy cuz it's not but that's what i want for my life
0: yep I think even for all the cancer stuff, that was the one part for me that really switched from a just normal relationship with the Lord, like growing, going to church, doing all the things, whatever, but then really switching to the eternal perspective. Of course, it was through a very challenging, awful, you know, season of life. And it's like my soul has been saved because of those things. So, how can I not? thank him for not inflicting, but allowing, you know, these Mm -hmm. things on not everything we get to that place. We're like, thank you, God, for all this crap. But that's definitely not (laughs) what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But it is just like, thank you, Lord, for caring so much about me, for not only sending your son to die on the cross for me so that I can have eternal life and I'm not a good person and I am not holy and I am not amazing in any way, shape or form, but because of Jesus, I have a chance, you know, but also that he cares so much about the details of our lives that he is going to work these things out.
1: I do remember when I was younger, you know, I mentioned my mom um, has been working in the church for a really long time. She doesn't anymore. And, you know, life was pretty, mellow and easy. And I remember listening to some stories of people who had these crazy conversion stories of just having horrible traumatic lives and then coming to Jesus and then Mm. experiencing the abundance of just walking with him. And I think there is something to say to those people who haven't had, you know, a traumatic or hard experience of, I think God is like always preparing us he's always readying us and I think it doesn't say any less if you haven't experienced those things but to really revel and press into him now of understanding who he is because then when something happens not if because when you know something will happen you will be primed for that fight and you, you'll still walk through it with brand new eyes. You'll still have to do that on your own, but at least you'll have the foundation and the backing to do it as strong as you possibly can. You know, um, before I miscarried it's, I think about this all the time. I actually surprisingly am not a great journaler at all. Really? No, no. I just That's funny. There's something about like, I don't really like my handwriting. And so I get really annoyed with like, <laughs> seeing my words on paper. I don't know. It's weird. Um, but that whole year, for a whole year prior to my, my miscarriage, I spent every single day journaling and praying and like talking to God. Wow. And, and I think to myself, that was just God. It, yep. Like that was his intervention and him compelling me to like be ready yep. for this fight that was coming my way, yep. and I'm just I'm so grateful for that because I think yep. that if I hadn't pressed in that year, I it would have been way harder than yeah. what it was. Way harder. I
0: I asked um, one of the guests that I've had on the podcast before if she has had fear for the future. Knowing that there will be more trials, what would you say you are on that scale of fear? Are you very much like, All right, let's do this, or are you kind of like, Ooh, what is God priming me for? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I think I'm in a place, honestly, and you know, quarantine 2020 has right. <laughs> um, really cemented it for me of really just taking it step by step and day by day. I think I really am in a place of this is my manna for today. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. Um, and as far as fear goes, God knocked that out of me, my second baby. (laughs) So so that, that is something that he and I really wrestled with, um, when I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, but I just can't think about, I just don't spend the time focusing on it anymore. Does that mean I don't initially maybe feel some fear or worry? No. I mean, we're human. We're going to feel those feelings. But I think I've just learned in my 30s, especially, to just shift my perspective and stop spending time thinking about what could go wrong. Get off WebMD. Stop listening to the news. Don't, you know, if there's someone in your life who is a negative person, I'm not saying cancel your relationship with them. I'm just saying maybe, some <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe, but at least set some firm boundaries around, you know, I just don't have time for that because yep. God, God's really convicted me of like, this is your one life that yep. you get to live and how are you going to steward it? And anytime I bow down to fear or worry, I'm wasting my, my time. I'm wasting yeah. his time, you yeah. know? Um, but it is, it, it can be challenging. And so I have to like remind myself or have my husband be very aggressive and be like, stop reading the news. Stop it. <laughs> stop. stop. I mean, even doing. if it's Instagram
0: or, I mean, it's, it could be anything. I mean, people know what their limit is. So we just yes. have to be honest with ourselves. Yeah and what we can and cannot do. Well, I have absolutely loved this, but I always end the show by giving you a few minutes to share what you're passionate about or working on so we can stay posted with you. Mm, That's such a great question. Something that has really
1: stuck with me and will not leave me alone is this idea of fighting the good fight of faith. Mm. And I am incredibly passionate about equipping women to be unwavering in their faith when everything is unsteady and unstable, which just seems always like the perfect message, not just for right now and this minute, but literally every (laughs) single day. And so I'm, I'm working regularly on sharing how to fight the good fight of faith. And I call this, this is the good fight. Um, and it's just a message I remind myself of even changing diapers and like doing the laundry that even in the mundane, how am I fighting for my faith in this minute? Um, and I just really focus on as a Christian and we've kind of, I think, glazed uh, over some of these concepts or ideas, like, what are we running from intentionally? You know, Mm. like, what are we not focusing on? Um, what are we running to? What are we making our priority and our perspective? And then what are we fighting for? I think women, especially, we don't have the verbiage to acknowledge that we can be victorious in our everyday lives and that we can live that way. Um, We don't have to play the victim. Um, And I think God just has something great for us when we can just fight with Him, fight from a yeah. place of knowing that He has already gone before us, yes. and He has already won the battles. And then, like, what are we focusing on? You know, are we really getting into the Word and understanding what God has for us? And so, currently, I'm working on just a awesome—I guess you could call it—a newsletter
0: Ooh, email yay. list,
1: and I'm hoping to, you know. Send out some things every other week. So that's what's coming.
0: Yay! If you guys don't already follow Tabitha on Instagram, you need to because she just continues this conversation always on her stories. And I will make sure to link her Instagram handle so you guys can go follow her and see what this newsletter is going to be like and just keep posted with her because she always just gives such encouragement, but it always puts you in a almost like you realize, okay, what am I? fighting for today? What am I focusing on today? What am I going to reframe? What am I like as she asks the questions and she focuses on specific things on her stories, you can look at it and see what you are supposed to be focusing on for your day. And I just find it so encouraging. So thank you so much for joining thank us today. You. This is so I know I love it. And in, in this quarantine life, it's keeping us all sane. <laughs> I'm really sad now
1: that especially that we just never got a chance to have coffee together face to face.
0: You know, I will come back and you better because my my parents live there. Perfect. See, I know. And my, some of my best friends live there. So I will be back after all this stuff is, you know, over with and we can (laughs) hang out. (laughs) But thank you so much for joining us, you guys. And we will see you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the Embracing Chaos podcast. Thanks so much for joining again today, guys. Don't forget to follow Tabitha on Instagram. And don't forget to find me on Instagram, Facebook, and go ahead and subscribe and rate this podcast. Hope you guys have a great week.